Yeah. Buffalo, stand up. It's the mafia. <laughs> uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Yo. Uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Yo. We got Josh Allen, got step digs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. All the work I did on the intro and it's going to end early on me? Oh, that's not fair. All right, well... I'll post it on Twitter later. You know, not the way we drew up the beginning, but you know what? Like a like a Josh Allen scrambling in the backfield, we're gonna make it work here. Welcome into the folding round table. It is a brand new podcast with Buffalo fan base, Trainwreck Sports, all the local podcasters, media guys, mainly made by Bills Mafia for Bills Mafia. So we want to get comments from you guys. We want just, you know, let's get hyped up. This is probably, we said last year, it's like, you know, the most anticipated season in Bill's franchise history. Well, we're saying that for two years in a row. So we got a lot to get to, a lot to talk about tonight. But first, I'll introduce you guys to the panel. I'm Wake Jockins from Trainwreck Sports, Crowdis' podcast. To my right, one of my co-hosts, been doing Trainwreck Sports with him for two years now. Demi Lovato finally got me to figure out how to say his name correctly. Sorry, it's not Masari, it's Kevin Masari. That's right, coming to us from the serious land of Brockport, New York. To his right, the dart daddy himself. We're not on an African masar- safari, but we got a meerkat at the table. In the second row, on the left. Man, yeah, I know. These jokes are bad. They're going to keep coming. <laughs> I like to refer to this one as the godmother of Bill's Mafia. What's that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a Robin <laughs> Bundy, editor-in-chief, Buffalo fan base, of course. In the middle there, man needs no introduction. In 26 no. shirts, Bill's Mafia founder, co-founder, Del Reed. Thank you for being here. Rounding out the train wreck crew here. Man, like he's one of the reasons I got involved with Trainwreck in the beginning. So I owe a lot to him. Maniac, right there on the bottom or second row on the right. And then middle down there. This guy's become a bit of a mentor to me. So I'm not going to joke around with him at all. Mookie Hawkins, uh-huh. Power 96.5 and WUFO uh, AM as well. Guys, thank you all for being here. Uh, you know, I know we got great hour we got Ruben Brown obviously joining us uh at the 8 30 mark but first you know there's been a lot yeah Dell's the goat we know you know what Dell is the goat let's turn it over to Dell right now Dell I know this is a Bills Mafia Buffalo fan base podcast right now with Trainwreck Sports you know the whole crew you know introduce uh you know we have any beginning words of wisdom for our viewers right now I don't know about words of wisdom, but uh, <laughs> thank you, John, for that, that little comment. I don't know about a goat, but uh, thank you for that, that compliment. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really cool. We've been doing, you know, Bill's Mafia. Like, this is 2011, so it's been 10 years. And uh, maybe, you know, Buffalo fan base, which is what the Bill's Mafia movement grew into with our, our the originators and everything, Um Right on time. Only took 10 years. Now we have a, a, a podcast. <laughs> so um, obviously teaming up with Trainwreck on this is a no-brainer. You guys put out awesome content, so much content. You guys are everywhere. You really set the bar. Um, and, you know, Robin heading this up is also a no-brainer. She's been doing an amazing job on the 
Buffalo fan base blog for geez, like what five or six years now, Robin? Like it's insane. So it's insane. Um, you're crushing it. You're crushing it. You're doing an amazing job. It's only natural that you move into to this format as well and, and just showcase your 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 passion and your love and your knowledge and wisdom. Um, you're the one that has the wisdom. Thank you for the compliment, uh, Wake. But uh, uh, Robin's got some wisdom to share for sure. But um, just really excited, you know, for that. You know, the Buffalo fan base um, blog is now able to actually like be live and talk to people and stuff. So I'll quit babbling, but it's just really cool. Um, I'm really excited uh, for this new podcast, and I know that uh, you guys are gonna crush it. Appreciate that, Dell. In case you guys don't know, we've been saying it, you know, since we started publicizing it, it's going to be a new lineup every single week. So you may not see us seven together again for the rest of the regular season, maybe into the postseason. So that's why we're going to make the most of it tonight. And I wanted to start tonight talking about the wide receivers in Bill's training camp right now. Obviously, you know, they get a lot of attention. Meerkats, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, you know, I know I'm sorry about the injury. Looks like some guys might be climbing up the depth chart on him. Um, but, you know, it seems like to me we're, we're, we're in this season right now with an MVP quarterback. And we're acting shocked that, you know, wide receivers are playing so well in training camp, which I don't know why particularly. Like, you know, we talk about Zay Jones, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, all having career years when they start playing with Josh Allen. You know, Mookie, I'm going to start with you here. You know, do you think that maybe, you know, these Lance Lenoir – you know, Jake Kumaros, all these guys, Tanner Gentry's having a good camp. Could that yeah. just be a product of the quarterback throwing to them? Well, it could be. And it could be, you know, the Bills are always was looking for quality depth, you know, and this is probably one of their deepest rosters of, you know, the McDermott era, you know. So when you look at that dynamic and, you know, those wide receivers from top to bottom are all making plays out there. You know what I mean? Even, you know, Marquez Stevenson, towards the end of the game, it didn't seem mm -hmm. like he was polished a little bit or he was flashing, but, you know, that last drive, that was a big catch. So, oh, yeah. you know, big-time players make big-time, you know, catches and big-time plays, and he flashed there. So, and he, he's the last man on the depth chart, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, that, and that catch right there pretty much put the Bills in winning position. So, it's a very deep room. I mean, we ain't even talking about Jake Kumaro and the things that he's doing out there in training mm -hmm. camp. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, obviously, and Stefan Diggs. So um, it's very exciting to see. I mean, even all the way down to Duke Wim, who we haven't even talked about in an entire year. <laughs> so right. Real. Really deep, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's, you know, that's one of the things I can't wait, wait to see, uh, you know, this Saturday. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot to look forward to this Saturday, but we're going to stick with the wide receivers for right now. I mean, you know, Robin, you had an article uh, that I think you wrote for the fan base about how resilience is permeating, the word you used, this the, the entire Bills roster. Um, you, know, you know, that goes through the receivers and Jake Fromm as well. You know, like just talk about – I don't want to give away the entire article because it was great and people should go read it in their own right. But, you know, talk about that and, you know, how that – you know, if you saw anything from the wide receivers there. Well, as far as this training camp goes, what a difference. I've been to probably three or four training camps, and I've never seen a wide receiver group like this one. And how far have we come since, you know, Robert Foster? And you know, <laughs> really come a long way. Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> Kelvin, yeah, Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin. Oh, no kidding. I forget uh, that Kelvin Benjamin didn't want to warm up with Josh Allen one game. Yeah, come on. That's right. He said no. Mm -hmm. He turned his QB1 down. Not like him. 
No, I Sean think, McCoy would never. <laughs> no, I, I I think that probably the biggest question is going to be: Do we keep seven? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know I've heard Kevin's opinion on that. I've heard Meerkat's opinion on that plenty, obviously, on the Crowdsys podcast. So, Robin, what do you think? I think we should. Yeah, I do because I think this is a passing offense. I don't think it's going to be that much different. Maybe they'll change a few wrinkles here and there, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different in terms of running to passing. And we know that these guys get banged up during the season. And these guys are, they're all pretty good. I don't know who you, who are you going to cut? <laughs> Del, who, do you, who, who are we going to cut? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that's crazy dude I, I don't i mean you look at that that receiver room like it's just uh it's so weird like it's it's you know it's been said on the radio a bunch of times but i'll repeat it like bills fans we're not used to cutting dudes that can literally start for other teams like and that, yeah. that's what's going to happen this year and you know <laughs> bill's mafia is going to have to just come to grips with the fact that you're going to see players leave this training camp leave you know leave this team um and perform elsewhere and you're gonna see it on sunday night football monday night football it's gonna be in your face but that's just the cost of having a good team is you gotta let good players go <laughs> so instead of having you know to these uh you know convincing ourselves that uh that i'm not gonna pick on any specific former player but like like <laughs> you know Joe Blow is going. He has a great opportunity to, to really make some noise in the in the, in the league this year. Um, <laughs> if he just get you know if he just get enough you know passes thrown his way or whatever, it, it's it, I don't know. It's exciting. Yeah. Hey, it's my wife. Hey, what's up, Chrissy? Uh, <laughs> she says keep seven. Keep <laughs> seven um, from Facebook. Let's go. Right? <laughs> yeah. Six. You got a manual. So I don't know. I don't know. Diggs, but yeah. Kobe. Gabe Davis, Kumaro, Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. So after that six, after that six, you got Hodgkins, you got Duke Williams, Brandon Powell, Tanner Gentry, Lance Lior, Lenore, and Marquez Stevens. So that's like hey, Tanner Gentry. The guys. Yeah. Tanner Gentry is a guy that I hope he sticks around at least for the practice mm -hmm. squad. He's yeah. tight with Josh. And the guy has hands of glue. When he played at Laramie, he he would snag everything that was thrown his way. Yeah. Um, he, I think he was drafted by Chicago. Yeah, yeah he was drafted by the right? Yeah, yeah, by the Bears in the fourth round or something like that. And I don't mm -hmm. know why he didn't stick there, but I, I was happy to see him get added to the roster. Yeah, Robin, you don't he's have to worry about Trubisky. Trubisky didn't stick in Chicago, okay? <laughs> yeah, Trubisky didn't stick in Chicago. It's okay if we get those guys. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Gentry's one of the guys, like, maybe you might be able to sneak him onto the practice squad. Like, we want to keep him because mm -hmm. of that connection with Josh Allen. I mean, like, you know, as opposed to a Hodgins, a Stevenson, you know, who might be a little more attractive to other teams to pick up after we would cut them. Uh, you know, Maniac, are there any in particular you're worried about losing from a Bills perspective? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm only worried about like a crazy, like, it seems like Kumaro has moved into the favorite to make the team at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, what you guys have said, you know, you've kind of taken the cake here. I mean, this bills team is going to thrive off passing the ball. They came out in the first half at home last year against the Ravens playoff atmosphere. And what they do, they basically threw it the entire first half. 
So, yeah, with you seeing guys like John Brown get beat up last year and you saw how it affected the depth chart, it isn't crazy to keep seven. So you guys have Ooh. laid the foundation. I'm just following up and uh, agreeing with it. While I got my time, of I got to beg you, Mookie. Everybody knows you're cool. I know you won't say it out loud. I'm going to say it. We need you to help start building the Manny Sands brand for Emmanuel Sanders. It just sounds cool. It sounds like an exotic resort that Josh Allen can go visit. Like, oh, he's, he's going to Manny Sands today. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so if we can build that, shout out to Ants. He's uh, building that. But I, I need you behind that, Mook. I got you, man. 110%. Manny Sands. There it is. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a go for the rest of the season. <laughs> that's all we needed. That's all we needed. You know, Kevin, uh, I'm familiar with your take on it. Uh, you believe that it'd be tough to keep seven receivers, right? Just based on yeah, I mean, the roster. There's just no precedent on it. And, you know, the Bills value roster spots elsewhere that it's going to be a really big challenge. I think the one way that there's a potential to it is at a kick returner role is if Marquis Stevenson can win a kick returner job like he showed he was able to um, on Friday. It's very possible that they could keep seven just out of pure. Kumaro can do a lot on special teams. Stevenson can be your kick returner. And now they each have a role. So it's more than just what you're going to do at that um, receiver position. They add a lot of dynamics to a lot of different places. And yeah, quite frankly, it's what have you done for me lately? Draft picks in the sixth round, fifth round, fifth to seventh round can get claimed on the waiver wire. More likely that you claim a recent sixth round pick, someone that was just through the draft process, than someone that was, you know, a couple of years ago, like maybe Duke Williams would, you know, his story, or maybe you have Ethan Hodgins and his story. More than likely, Stevenson could get claimed, and the Bills need to think about that. And I think that's the worry with Fromm, too. It isn't that you want to yeah, use a roster yeah, spot yeah. on Fromm. You might have to. Um, and they might value it because Trubisky's only a one year plan. You've got to be thinking long term. And yeah. Are they going to want to expose Jake Fromm to the uh, to other teams? I don't think it's as quick as a quick hitter as everyone else does with them wanting to get rid of a developmental fifth round pick who they they want to be a backup quarterback to uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I've said on the Crowd Assist podcast before. I think that Jake Fromm gets traded before the regular season begins if he continues to play like uh, like he did at least at the end of the game. He didn't look great up until then, but you know, if you, you when you have a backup quarterback, if he shows just any amount of that clutch gene to come alive in the in the fourth and win you a game, that's the kind of guy. He's a gamer. That's the kind of guy someone might want to trade for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe Meerkat. Odds that Jake Fromm is on the roster or in the Buffalo Bills organization come uh, come week one. I, I don't think Fromm played that great other than Stevenson. He's a guy who hasn't impressed much for them. I think they keep two quarterbacks this year just because of value at other roster spots. And mm-hmm. Davis Webb probably going to be that practice squad guy. He's a great locker room guy. If we if someone goes down, we need to bring him up. We know he's at least capable of being the backup quarterback for this team. Just a great mind to have. So Fromm is a weird one. I can see them trying to highlight him maybe in that second, third preseason game a bit and, you know, get some feelers on a trade here or there because I don't think they'll be looking for too much for him. But he's available asset for sure. I just – I'm a two QB guy because we were just talking about it with the six or seven receivers. I know there's no precedent for it, but I, I think they might keep seven this year. Finally, we've talked about it on the crowd as this podcast, there's just a lot of players on this team who can play a role at their position while playing a big role in special teams like a Kumaro or somebody like that. And we saw Taiwan Jones. We speculated maybe he's the one out. He didn't even play last game because he's a lock for this roster. So with guys who can, you know, be versatile with special teams all throughout this roster, backup positions, depth guys you already have, 
and this being a heavy passing attack offense. You saw what happened when some guys went down last year, and now we have Stefan Diggs with this little injury. I know it's nothing to be really concerned about, but if mm-hmm. some, one of these top three guys go down, you do have receiver issues, I want to say, even though Allen yeah. can elevate everybody. So could this be the year they finally keep seven? I think so. I'm about like 70% they keep seven right Ooh. now. Wow. Well, I can tell you, we are not going to keep seven. We're going to go up to eight right now. We got our final panelist waiting in the wings here, and I'm really excited to introduce him. He, he, in his nine years with Buffalo, 95 to 2003, he was Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee, three times, uh, nine-time Pro Bowler, went to eight consecutive Pro Bowls from 96 to 2003, and even more ridiculous, he finished his career with a 100% catch rate, according to Pro Football Reference, (laughs) amassing one catch on one target, albeit for negative six yards, that doesn't matter. It's Ruben (laughs) Brown. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, that catch was pretty uh, miraculous, and... uh, Mm -hmm. The more I think about it, I should have knocked it down. But we were such we were in such a pile. I just didn't want uh, one of the defensive linemen to get it, so I caught it and realized I was six yards behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes in the heat of the game, you know, you just kind of like do your job and you know I leave the ball in there. Like let me get it down so they don't get it and turn out I got a negative six yard reception. <laughs> They That's never tried cool. to have any design passes to you. No, no, no trick plays in the red zone. Did you ever have any drawn up? No, they never did anything in college. I did some. I did it. Uh, I was a fullback and I carried the ball a few times, but nothing, nothing in the pros. They just <laughs> wanted me to play left guard and, and do that, and that was it. You know, Robin earlier said that Tanner Gentry has hands made of glue, and I don't know if they appreciated yours, uh, Ruben, when you were in the NFL. <laughs> but well, uh, <laughs> Ryan Young used to say my hands had glue on them because once I got on and once I locked on to him, he couldn't get away. He's like, you got vice grips. <laughs> Speaking of not getting away, I mean, I want the first thing I wanted to ask you about is Greg Rousseau. Like, what yeah. would you hate the most about going up against a guy like that in the trenches? Greg Russo, you know, I I never I just kind of look at what can he do well. What is his what is his strength? And whenever I can identify what the strength was, you know, I had to figure out all right, what that means. This is what I'm the best that he's going to give me, and I'm going to have to be prepared for that. And once I break down that strength, you know, the the weaknesses are followed, but. First, you you identify strengths and you attack them. And I myself, you know, my strength was just being aggressive. And I would attack every guy, you know, regardless Mm -hmm. of who he is or how great he is. I'd jump on him just as fast as he was trying to jump on me and and stay with him and dance, you know. And that's Mm -hmm. all you can do. Now, I'm saying something not many of the offensive linemen could do against him, but that's what they should do. That's what most guys or I would do to try to attack him. I jump right at him and and take the fight to him, opposed to <laughs> sitting back and letting him get busy. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm many, not maniac. Meerkat and I were were really, you know, hyping it up. I think Mookie, you joined us for a mock draft in the draft cycle. That was when we, the three of us, selected Greg Russo at thirty. Is that correct? 
Mookie can't hear us, Mookie? but I'm going to oh, speak man. for him. Yeah, go for it, Ruben. Ruben never has a problem being a gossip. I love it. Never. So <laughs> Russo actually go, go, went to a, a university that I'm not very fond of at all. Ask for a sap. But I did watch him a lot. You know, Sean played um, the Pitt Panthers. And uh, it was a beast, you know, just a guy that, that had that length and that speed and that agility that, you know, you know, uh, a tad bit of Bruce, Bruce's, Bruce Smith type <laughs> skills in there. Um, obviously, a long way to go to even scratch the surface on that. But that's a good direction he should follow. Uh, but, you know, it's a great move for us. Uh, our defense needed the help. Uh, we needed the pass rushers. That's the number one thing right now for any defense in the NFL. You have to have pass rushers. You got to have the guys that get after the quarterback. Because what do we say? What's the percentage of passing plays in in the two thousand and um, two thousand? The last I would say the last five years is mm-hmm. it's over seventy five percent of the time to guys the are passing right. Mm-hmm. And that's I why, see. yeah, I, I feel like they really want that rotation this year. I mean, I can't yeah. speak to the numbers, but 2019, it felt like the Bills were just bringing off like, you know, four mm-hmm. defensive linemen and putting four new ones out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like with the depth they've given themselves the position with the most recent draft, I mean, you wouldn't like to see a unit with that goes six to eight deep on the other side, right? Totally. It's dangerous. It's dangerous when you have <laughs> for an offensive lineman, you know, you really want those deep linemen to get out there and stay on the field because you have a greater opportunity of actually wearing them down. Now, when they get that break and they run over to the sideline and take two plays off and the offensive lineman is still on the field on a 15 play drive and then they come back in, you know, for the last you know, few of they're fresh. You know, so that's dangerous. And we need that danger on our defense because last couple of years, as far as I've been watching, you know, there's been some other successful pass rushes in our defense. But Jerry Hughes needs some help. Um, He's getting older. Yeah, he's not the young guy anymore. We're hoping that he comes with a little bit of the funk that he's had the past few years. And Greg could be the addition that you can see more explosiveness from Hughes. You know, that mm-hmm. could be a great combination. Absolutely. You know, old old and young working together, a vet and a very talented rookie. Uh, John uh, on Facebook had a really good question, Ruben, that I think maybe you could answer better than any of us. So we'll put it back up on the screen there. Uh, with Deion Dawkins having COVID-19, losing 15 pounds, you know, how realistic, this is something we talked about on the Crowdus' podcast just last night, yeah. how realistic is it that he's in good game shake by week one? John is about to hang up and listen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, all right. The number one factor in that equation is um, was he in shape going into camp? Mm-hmm. All right. Because if he went into camp in shape, that's what you're designed to do. You're going to have a bump, a hiccup here and there through the course of camp prior, get leading up to uh, the season. You might get an injury or something to set you back. But if you started out in shape, you have a greater chance of meeting that day one deadline. Now, if he went to camp trying to get in shape, now you're in trouble. 
You know, now now it's a way more serious um, issue. So the question should probably go to the training staff, um, not the training staff, the strength and conditioning coaches and say, hey, did Dion show up in shape, ready to go? Because uh, I know myself mm -hmm. and Eric Mose, our goal each year when we came to camp, we were thinking about we were in game shape in camp, going to camp. We were in game shape. We were ready to play then. We didn't wait until go through camp, get in shape. You know, that's for the 1970s for when they used to go to camp for six weeks or 12 weeks or some, something like that. You know, and have two of wow. those twice a day. Ruben, Ruben taking 1970s shots right now. <laughs> we used to walk uphill in the snow to school. You, you, had, you had the two days. You, you had the two days, too. So if you showed up out of shape, you were getting crushed in camp, That's right, two right? You were getting yeah, done. Yeah. You were going to get done if you showed up out of shape. And like mm -hmm. I said, you know you're going to get a bump or bruise through the course of camp because camp is rigorous and you might pull something in every or something or strain a muscle. That's to be expected. But if you go in and you're not in shape and that strain comes on or that pull hamstring, that shoulder injury, now you're set back even further because you weren't in shape in the first place. You know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's one thing science. I can't confess to. What's that? One thing I can on, on Dion's behalf, he, he he was training, he was working on off season. It's just mm -hmm. that this COVID nineteen is just another monster, man. Um, it, yeah, it that's shut you down in terms of we're, we're so, talking about mm -hmm. being. In we're, we're talking about being in shape here, Ruben. You look great right now. I gotta, I gotta ask though. I'm a former lineman myself, so no shame coming right now. But is it true you used to get an entire pie during your playing days, give a piece to your kids, and then eat the entire rest of the pie by yourself? And yeah, what kind of yeah. pie was it? I was, <laughs> what was yeah? What was the go-to pie? All right, a couple of things. Number one, <laughs> I was about 350 pounds back then. All right, 350. Sick. So the pie in particular that you're talking about, I think that, you know, it got blown up out of proportion and, and gone around. <laughs> but the pie in question is actually the pies that Jamie Nails, if you guys remember him, Jamie Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Jamie Nails was, was 400 big. pounds. Yes. <laughs> His mom was an excellent cook. <laughs> and she used to come to town with these coconut custard pies. Oh, I literally oh paid her wow. $100 <laughs> a pie. <laughs> That's a steal. That's to a steal. ensure that yeah. I got one of those pies. And yes, I would mm -hmm. go home with a pie and I'd cut my kids a piece uh, and let them chow down on it and the rest was mine so coconut custard from jamie nails's mom we're at a and m yeah yeah mm -hmm. definitely she was an amazing cook man she put a foot in it <laughs> i mean jamie was 400 pounds so you imagine his mom was an amazing cook so <laughs> you know, man. she was great that is an unbelievable story. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, you were giving your kids like fifteen dollars worth of pies, so you weren't shortchanging that. <laughs> my my kids had the best. They had the best. They had the the organic, top of the line. You know, another uh, mother from the team that served up a lot of great dishes for us was Gabe Northern's mom. 
Uh, she was from Louisiana. Oh my goodness! She actually mm -hmm. was a culinary teacher at the University of um, University of Louisiana, uh, LSU, mm -hmm. and she used to come in town and feed the team. I mean, literally feed the entire team. Ted Washington and I used to have oh, bids on who was going to house her because whoever housed her got the benefit from all the food she was <laughs> Ted won that every time. <laughs> every time. Ted laid out major cash to have her spend the night and stay with her. They, you know, but Gabe's mom and Jamie's mom and a lot of the moms on the team were great cooks for us as players, you know, to keep the big guys big and and fed and, and you know, get, keep us incentivized to work it hard. Yeah, you know, that sure beats the orange slices that my Evans Youth Baseball team mom used to bring us. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, to her too. Do not oh, oh, I, oh, oh, no, I appreciate Mrs. Oh, Gona every day. Can we shout day. out moms real quick? Shout, shout out soccer shout and out baseball. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out the moms. Shout out all the moms. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> but speaking of pie, you know, a lot of receivers in this room and Stefan Diggs is going to be looking to get enough of the pie and this yeah. offense to be the first receiver to be back to back uh, wide receiving yards leader. And since what, I think Calvin Johnson did it, maybe Andre yeah. Johnson, one of those two, one of them, uh, you know, does anybody think who, who would anyone bet on that? Think that he could be like the favorite to do it? Like, you know, who's the biggest competition for him in the NFL? Mookie? Nobody. Yeah, you're Nobody. <laughs> wow. It's not going to be any competition. I'm telling you now, if fantasy, all you fantasy football people out there, you better pick Diggs as number one because he's going to end up number one in targets still. He's still going to end up number one in receiving yards. Um, so he's going to duplicate the same season that he had last year. Josh is on a mission. Uh, his quest for 5,000 and, you know, obviously to win it all, it comes along with that. And, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is not going to, you know, intervene and fire his targets at all. Even from Drew, even from Cole Beasley's standpoint, he was almost at 100 catches last year. So that you know, could easily happen. You know, again, for this year, you got two receivers to have over 100 catches on the same team this year. Look out yeah. for that. I think the Bills going to have a very dangerous offense. And I was speaking to Mookie last night and with all the great receiving weapons that are, you know, I'm throw my offensive line <laughs> in here. Um, those guys will be way more effective if they have a threatening run attack. Yes. Uh, just imagine how many uh, people the digs and the crew will get behind and beat beat those uh, defenses deep if they have to come up and respect the run um, throughout the game. And it's an exciting time as I can possibly remember for a, thinking about a Buffalo Bills offense. And <laughs> I can think back to the days that I was playing. I think we had to manufacture or try to, you know, help the fans believe in us offensively where now i mean it's just it's on paper that you're excited about what's mm -hmm. going on with this team i mean it, the, the offense number one just because Diggs may break the receiving record or or whatever you know doesn't mean that that's going to happen in all in one game 
or one week. Some weeks, there are going to be others that's going to step up. And for the first time, the Bills actually, other than Diggs, have other guys that can step up in key mm-hmm. crucial times. You know, yep. whereas if Diggs went down in the past or the types of teams that the Bills had in the past, if one, the number one went down or we would stop. It was nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, if our one gets a little hammy and we got to look somewhere else, we got we got some heat. We could throw it around the yard. Mm-hmm. You know, we could get it to our guys. So, um, like back to where I said in the beginning that what would help those guys, the receivers, reach their potential is a threatening run game. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough. Yeah, and that's obviously a big question mark going into this uh, season for the Bills. I mean, Robin, when you look at Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Burita, this running back room, one, how confident you are, and two, you know, who do you think is just the most talented out of the bunch? Because I was even in some Facebook groups arguing with some people over that earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. The thing for Zach Moss is can he stay on, you know, can he get on the field and, yeah. and stay on the field? It concerns me a lot. You know, He's missed a lot of time. Brita looked good, I thought, the other night versus Detroit. But Devin Singletary, I was impressed. He's put on some weight. Mm-hmm. He looked more explosive to me than he has in the past. And breaking a lot of tackles. Breaking mm-hmm. a lot of tackles. Mm-hmm. And actually, I thought the run blocking was a bit better than I've yeah. seen in some time as well and that's going to help but Singletary looks like he's you know he's on a bender right now he really wants (laughs) to get it done yeah Yeah, that's going to be exciting to see and that and I agree with you uh if Moss can get on the field he's as dangerous and he can be what we thought or think he could be uh but Singletary yes you know uh, get these two guys involved in the game, really, for the team, the offensive team, to be successful. The uh, offensive line is there. We got the size. We got mm-hmm. the ability. And I like I spoke to Mookie last night. Even though we have the offensive firepower to throw the ball down the field and, and target um, our receivers deep, you know, it, the offensive line – you know, is actually big enough to, you know, all on a few teams, you know. You don't have to have them one-on-one pass blocking all the time to have that offense be successful. I mean, they you get those guys, get Singletary and Moss going, and, you know, it makes it easier to throw the ball to the, uh, the tight end or the – the H or the the Y, the X and the Z, when <laughs> the run game is threatening enough, now the first move um, Diggs makes, it might shake the guy out of, out of socks. He might yeah. do it anyways. <laughs> so, you know, I'm excited about the Bills because they got an all-around team. You know, mm-hmm. all-around offense. They have the ability and talent, which I'll ask everyone on the panel, when was the last time you seen this? <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, a stout Bills passing attack feels mm-hmm. like an oxymoron based yeah. on my entire life. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. Last I, time we did anything effective at Buffalo Bills, I think we brought Drew Bledsoe in, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the last like serious Rudy. passing. Was that Flutie? Who was that, Mook? 
Oh, Flutie. Flutie. Oh, Flutie. Well, Flutie. Yeah, that's a whole, Flutie. whole lot of magic. That's yeah, a whole you were right. <laughs> the Flutie, yeah, the Flutie magic. You were holding your breath magic. every time he dropped back. It was <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, I was all in on the Flutie magic. Trust me. I oh, I, I thought you were leading the charge. Don't sleep on those 2002 bills either. Six most points in the AFC. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's playoff yeah. quality from that offense. Yeah. There's, some, there's some history, but it's great to see it back. And you said, great to see it in Buffalo. And mm-hmm. We're ready for it. Everyone, I know all the fans are definitely ready for this thing to kick off. And I mm-hmm. like what the coaching staff has said. Uh, one of my favorite things uh, was when McDermott started the year off by saying, I, I, I'm paraphrasing and breaking it down, but he was like, we're all zero and zero. Those wins last year, they're great. You know, it's something to build on, but you got to win those games this year. <laughs> you know, <what laughs> I mean? you got to win them this year. And, yeah. And if if they're confident and feel good, they can win way more games mm-hmm. than yes. they won last year. They got an extra one to worry about now, too, right? What do you, what do you, what's your opinion on the extra game? You know, I, I think it's smart to, you know, use your talent wisely. Keep an a, a healthy eye on the health of all the players. If a player seems a little tired or fatigued, make sure you get him enough rest if he's a starter. Because mm-hmm. I um, I worry about the wear and tear on the body as the season gets up. You, you want them to be as fresh as they can be going into the playoffs. So be careful of how much you play them and, you know, the amount of time that they're getting on the field because it is physical. And and this alludes to a little something that you guys were, you guys were talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Listen, you need two quarterbacks in the NFL these days. Mm-hmm. You yes. can't go into the NFL with one quarterback and say, Josh is going to put it on his <clears> shoulder <throat> and carry it all the way for us. No, let's not put that much pressure on him. Let, let him do what he needs to do when we need him to do it. If he needs a break, let's get one of these guys, uh, maybe Trubisky. Hey, yeah, hey, from your other, I'm from the only other team he ever played for in the NFL. I mean, like, were you following the Bears when Trubisky him. was over there? Yeah. Him. So how do you, what do you make of his time there and maybe his comments of being somewhere where he's actually appreciated? <laughs> In Chicago, you can say nothing right. <laughs> you get burned at the stake. You're, you're just a bratwurst in, in Chicago. You know? So just oh, I'm gonna use it. Anything you say is wrong. Uh, for him, I think there's enough talent in him uh, for what we as the Bills need him for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Josh has got the reins. Josh is going to take the team where it's going. But just like Jim Kelly needed Frank Wright for a game or two, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. Trubisky has enough of that ability. And we all know if the NFL doesn't see you a lot and you show up one week here and one week there, next thing you know, you'd have reeled off like two or three wins before they could catch up to you, and then you pull him out and Josh is back in. And I'm, I'm just making this speculation based on, and let's say Josh has a sore rib or something. He got hit and his, his mm-hmm. rib is hurting. And mm-hmm. all right, yeah. now we need another guy in. Now, 
The younger guys, I'm not that sure about. I don't know where they're standing. What's the kid from Georgia that you guys are talking about? Uh, Jake Fromm. Fromm. Jake Fromm. I don't know if he's going to make it. On Jake Fromm, stay Fromm. But maybe the maybe the management is high on him, and mm-hmm. you know. But I don't think they bring Trubisky in to let him go. Do you guys think so? No, I mean it'd have to be a ridiculous offer. Like especially, you know, the, the team that, that that has been talked about the most is the Indianapolis Colts, and that's yeah. a direct competitor to the Bills. The, they, yeah. you know, with Carson Wentz healthy, they could realistically, you know, I, I, we're all okay. Sorry, preface this: Bills are going seventeen and zero. But yeah. follow up point, um, you know, the Colts could be battling them and get ahead of them in the wild card race. You know, if they don't get the, the number one seed, so yeah. that's that's a no go for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not I even close. Let them go at all. I wouldn't let him go. The guy was a former number one. He wasn't a disgrace as a quarterback in Chicago. He had a lot of other issues other than just him at quarterback. I mean, they moved some coaches around and things. So that makes it difficult for a young player to develop sometimes. And and also in the Chicago market, being the number one quarterback, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Listen. Do you know in Chicago, the last great quarterback is from the 1920s or 30s? His wow. name was Sid Jay Lock. Cutler. Oh, no. Kyle Oh, man, I had to. That was a meatball. Because I, I, I thought it was so weird. You know, you yeah. look at all the other NFL team franchises and you can kind of find a modern day, modern era quarterback that has had some success on their on their squad. Chicago, no, no, none. <laughs> Yeah. Sid Luckman, Sid, Sid Luckman must be the baddest quarterback that ever played football to steal his record, still stand in Chicago. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's touched him. <laughs> so, I mean, Trubisky, I don't think had a real a whole everything behind him, even though they moved up to get him and everything. I don't think the whole thing stayed behind him enough to develop him into the quarterback they need to be. And number two may be just the right spot for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, the, and the best spot for us. Y'all, you know what? The best spot for us is going to be Highmark Stadium, week one of the NFL season. I mean, it's been way too long. I mean, it's typical. It's absolutely my luck that the Bills are finally good in my lifetime and I have to wait an extra whole year to see them. Obviously, more important things in the world joke. Obviously, okay. But, you know, Dal, you, you're like, you know, one of the biggest figureheads of Bills Mafia. Like, there, people got to be like banging on your front door. What are we going to see the Bills play? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I am so excited. I, I'm excited for the 28th going to that preseason game. I cannot wait to get in that stadium. Like, like I'm actually like look, looking like normally preseason. Like, yeah, we'll go. We'll bring the kids. Or whatever, you know, it'll be fun. I'm like hyped just to get in there, just to watch Marquez Stevenson and whomever else like do whatever they're gonna do um, on, on the field. I don't care who, as long as they're wearing the colors, man. I cannot wait to get in that stadium, and uh, I'm so excited. 
I throw this out there, that a type of excitement, and I'm fortunate to talk to a lot of people around the country, and yeah. you know, a lot of people ask about bills, and they ask about any in general. Ruben, what's the loudest, or what was the best stadium? What was the this? What was that? You know, and I have to say, yeah, I went, I played in Kansas City, and it's pretty raucous. You know, it's really hard to play in Kansas City, um, but if you were, if you ever played football up in the Carrier Dome in Syracuse. I mean, yep. good Lord, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> in Syracuse? When was the last time they were good? But that place would be rocking. So I know those places. And I also know places that the atmosphere around the arena is, is just as wild and raucous. You go to Wrigley Field. Oh, man, that, that whole thing's like a Mardi Gras out there before that game. <laughs> and, that, and the only thing that tops it, and I tell everyone, I said, man, you have not seen anything until you see the home opener for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, it's yeah. insane. The Bills take it mm -hmm. to another level. I can remember as a, a rookie, a young player, when they were allowed, this isn't allowed anymore, at least a week and a half prior to the game, RVs would be parked out. <laughs> Lines of people asking for autographs going to Monday practices two weeks before the game. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Mm -hmm. I watched the whole Hammerlot thing and, and everything kind of develop into what is today Bill's Mafia. And I saw those guys out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they're out there in full force every week. But number one, that home opener, oh, my God, the anticipation, the excitement, the everything that builds up for that home opener. The only thing that tops it is an actual playoff game, which a lot of Bills fans have not seen in that stadium for a long time. Uh, I've been fortunate that I played in a a home playoff game, yet even though we didn't win. <laughs> uh, but I played in one, and I know how the build-up is and the excitement that the, the Bills fans bring to the uh, to the um, game in the whole week leading up to the game. Uh, so it's fitting that now the biggest, you know, social thing that people know about the Bills fans is called the Bills Mafia. I mean, that's really, you know, kind of like how it is. <laughs> it's, it's a mafia. This is yeah. insane, man. It is insane. <laughs> and I've seen it even before the smashing of the tables. I mean, yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys that aren't here with us today that were a part of building this whole uh, Bills fan persona that is the Bills Mafia today, but it's really the whole community. The whole community, the stores get excited. Mm -hmm. The, the yes, people at the yes. bank are going crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> everybody, 7-Eleven, yep, yeah. you go to Tim Hortons, the guys, everybody's going crazy getting ready <laughs> for that season opener. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm mm -hmm. excited, as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, even I, I'm on Long Island game, right <laughs> Preseason <Okay>. game. <laughs> This preseason game I'll is going to probably break the attendance record. I'm ready for them to play the regular season. Mm. Yeah, but this, this preseason game is going to be like no other, though. It's, it's the first yeah. actual home game that has been with 100% capacity in, I would say, two years. Yeah. You know, this preseason yeah. game is not going to be your ordinary preseason game. I mean, this is going to be kids <laughs> that first of all. 
So mm. look for a record attendance on yeah, the 28th. Yeah, Honestly, maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, I could. Obligatory The Office reference. It's going to be like when Pam hung out with The Office the first time after she was pregnant. She was so excited to see Stanley. Everyone's going to be going nuts. You're going to be seeing the drum line. People are yeah, just going to be yeah. fist bumping. Yeah. You're going to be seeing the ball get delivered on yes. the field. People will be giving like standing ovations. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> you can know- you imagine if, if Josh Allen and Diggs just come out like 30 minutes pregame and are just firing missiles into the crowd? Yeah, jo- or Aaron Rodgers is going to be so pissy on that other sideline. That's the game Josh plays. Josh and Steph Diggs are going to play that game. And you're going to probably see Aaron Rodgers as well with that game. So it's not going to be your ordinary preseason game. The starters are going to play that game. It's going to be some hype on that one. Mm -hmm. I know we got got the hype from the roundtable. Sorry, Wake. I didn't mean to cut you up. Just because we might not have this group together again. You know, Wake locked in his prediction of 17 and 0. I mean, I naturally, guess we're going to hold it to it. Why I am going to go with 14 3. Won't expand much more on it. 14 and 3 for my pick. Would love to hear your guys as well while we got everybody here, you know, about a two weeks out, three weeks out from the opener. Well, when I look at the schedule and I go game by game trying to break it down, you know, I, I go 14 and 3 too a lot of the time when, you know, I'm doing meerkat picks the Bills. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, the 17 game schedule, already injuries and stuff lingering up, you got to account for that. You got to account for misfortune. I mean, there's games every year where we just get caught blindsided, like the Titans game last year. Obviously, some circumstances. We don't mention, we don't mention the Titans word on yeah. this on Train Rex Sports. So, yeah. So I'm going to plant my flag You're at 13 and four next year. I want it to be 14 and three, but I, I, I'm going to just take it with a little bit, a little grain of salt there. 13 and four. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, I'm going to say we, they'll be on the who's next. Yeah. <laughs> who's next? Yeah. Kevin, Kevin, I'm, I'm in. I'm right Me? with him. I, I have 13 and four. Of, you know, I just think things happen. Like Ruben was talking about, it's going to be a battle of attrition and you're going to need to get players rest. Trubisky's going to see the field at some point. I do feel that way. Um, and I hope it's not in a major injury form. I do think that the Bills took out an insurance policy and that's what I call Mitchell Trubisky because he For is. Sure. He's, he's like insuring your home. I mean, it's just you, you <laughs> want to be able to have a really good quarterback there. And that's what leads me to say maybe they do keep someone like Jake Fromm on the roster just because I, I just think quarterback is that valuable in this league. So I have 13 and four. You know, look at last year. The Bills played great football and still had a luck chuck that took a ridiculous D hop play. That I mean, he's a great player. I still don't think he makes that play more than a very, very small amount of time. So mm-hmm. I got him at thirteen and four. He's a great receiver, but something like that is going to happen to the Bills this year. And it is what it is. You just get up and and hopefully, like last year, you know, it was their Super Bowl. I mean, they're still tweeting about that play in Arizona. Um, so, you know, for us, and it was like, we still won. With 34 yeah. seconds left. Incomplete and, pass. Incomplete pass. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> you're going to see something. Could you see something like that happen? Lose on a kick return, something along oh, those lines. God. You know, it's it's possible. But for <laughs> me, it's a matter of can they rebound from something like that happening in a 17-game season? And I think that this team can. And maybe maybe it doesn't even matter. Like, that play didn't ma- ended up mattering last year. Yeah, Dell. What do you think? How do you have the Bills season going? I don't know. 13-4, 14-3. Like I'm calling my shot. Like normally I'm like careful about this stuff on Twitter because I don't get like cold take or what. I don't care. <laughs> they're, they're going to the Super Bowl this year. I'm just saying it. Like yeah, I'm seventeen know, like, and zero, and I'm not allowed to say anything else. <laughs> right? I mean, like this is the year. This is the year, barring any kind of 
terrible thing that I'm not going to speak into existence um, with anything on the, you know, uh, hurt body front. I don't even want to say the I word. So, like, <laughs> barring anything like that, like, this is it. This is their shot. It's finally going to happen. This is the best roster that they've had since the early 90s. And if, if not now, then when? When? So, uh, I, whatever the, the, the regular season record is, I don't care. I'm saying they're going to play that, the, the latest game played on the NFL schedule in mid-February or whatever it is now they push it back to because they keep adding games. So that's my shot. That, that, that's my prediction. There you go. Love that. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to say I went out on a limb last year and said that the Bills was going to go undefeated in the division. I won the Stephon Diggs jersey, by the way, I, you know, from that back. You know, I'm going to say – I'm going to say Coach McDermott, you know, they talked about – you know, having home field advantage. And the only way to have home field advantage is you got to be Kansas City, you got to be Tennessee. The Bills play those teams back to back. All right, I think they go out there and get the job done against those two teams. So after those two guys, you know, the competition kind of really, you know, fall off a little bit. So I'm going to say the Bills 15 and two. They'd be the number one overall seed in the in the AFC. And like Dale said, they're going to take that thing all the way to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So 15 and 2, I'll say Buffalo Bill. Man. Robin, like godmother of Bill's Mafia. Godmother of got? Bill's Mafia. I got <laughs> probably like Dell, 13 and 4, maybe 14 and 3. I'm not big on making predictions and that sort of thing, but I'm with you guys as far as this feeling like it's the year. Mm-hmm. It's it's our year. And I'm not going to wish any negativity, you know, into any of it. And I'm going to enjoy trying to encourage people take this one day at a time and enjoy every single moment of this season. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, my goodness. This is a good vibes podcast. Good vibes podcast. (laughs) Seriously, because, you know, you you don't get these opportunities very often. (laughs) What's that? What would you say? I said I told everybody at the outset that she's the she's the wise one here. She's yeah. she's, she's got the wisdom. <laughs> oh, she keeps us grounded. We're going to fly off the, the atmosphere. <laughs> she's got the good vibes. I'm talking about attrition. She's over here talking about the good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's a good balance. But yeah, good this balance. is this is our year, and I really think that everybody should take a moment and yes. savor every step along the way. Definitely. This is one that we'll probably remember for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And I love that we were yeah. saying the same thing last off season too. And it's just going, it's just up from here to the moon. Ruben, what's your, uh, oh, a lot of love for Robin in the chat. Ruben, what's your schedule I, prediction? For I love, I love you, Robin, for that. I, I always tried to pass that sentiment on to the fans whenever, you know, while I was playing, you know, I would get a lot of fans come up to me and they're like, oh, you win more games or, you know, you got to hold it, call or something like that. I'm like, hey, man, I grew up in Piney River, Virginia. We didn't have a football team where we, we grew up. You know, I cheered for the Dallas Cowboys and I lived in Virginia. Imagine how hard that was to do. (laughs) Um, So I didn't have a a local team or a team that, you know, expressed our identity through. You know, you're in Buffalo. You live in Buffalo. You got a team in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Love it. And finally, things have swung back 
in our favor where, you know, a lot of people are going to be talking about Buffalo, you know, and good. It's about time because there's a lot of good mm-hmm. in Buffalo. And I think as far as predictions, I don't like to make predictions, but I was telling Mookie last night, every year, if you look at my old tweets on Twitter, I always post at the beginning of the season. I usually wait to the first regular season game. And ever since I've retired, I predict Buffalo Bills, Chicago Bears in the season. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Wow. 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 And I just so everyone is like, oh, you just, I pick my favorites. And I, I do it like this. Even in basketball, every year the Sixers are going to the championship, okay? I know that they've had their ups and downs, but I'm rooting for my team. Buffalo's my team. Chicago's my team. And I want to see them both in the Super Bowl. And this is the first year of me making that type of prediction. You know, just simply on the fact that I love those both te- both of those teams. Um, we actually, it's it one of them is more than likely going to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, we know and that's that. the Bills, and the Bills will be in there. If you want to look at numbers, like oh, how many games would they win and whatever, they have to improve on their win streak from last year. Last year, what did they have a nine game win streak or more? We're not going to talk about it. If you look at the history of the teams that have gone into the Super Bowl, they've had a lot of streaks. No one fumbles their way into the Super Bowl. Oh, I had five wins, two wins, three wins. No, you, those the teams that end up in the Super Bowl, they ripped off nine, ten wins in a row, maybe lost one, and then got back to work. And I think that's the type of team the Bills are. In order for them to be in the Super Bowl, they obviously can't win, lose more than four games. That's mm-hmm. it. They can't lose more than four games. And that's mm-hmm. the way I look at it for them for the season. And if they improve on that nine-game uh, win streak, I, I feel way more confident that they'll end up in in the Super Bowl, which they deserve, rightfully deserve. They, they, I believe that they have. I, I want to play the Super Bowl today. <laughs> Bill, well, you get it Saturday. We gotta, we gotta hope everyone stays healthy. Mm-hmm. The seventeen game season is is not, you know, this is a new thing here. You know, we have to be cautious. We, get, we really have to be diligent with the uh, physical well being of all of these players, and obviously, COVID's going to play a factor in this. You know, we don't know when that's going to pop up or it could it pop up. It, it, it's just as dangerous as going out and play the game because a guy could twist his ankle, pull a hamstring, or show up on Monday and have COVID. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you don't know. And we got to be very cautious about that. But healthy, Bill's in the Super Bowl. Healthy Bills are in the Super Bowl. We're all dancing. I said 17 and I'm going to stick by it, I guess. I mean, why not? You know, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, we lose to Washington week two. I'm going to hate everything. No, I, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, revenge game. I want you to oh, know, Washington is a tricky get. We should win games are just way, probably way more dangerous than going in and playing like Kansas City or Tennessee. Mm. Those, I know the guys are up. They're ready to go, whatever. But teams like Washington, 
Washington defense. has a, a, a tricky coach down there. And that coach knows McDermott pretty well. Yeah. You know, and when yeah. coaches know each other, there's little things that they can figure out <laughs> and inspire maybe not a not so successful team to one win. And in, in the NFL, anyone can beat anyone at any time. Oh yeah. Anyone mm-hmm. at any time. And I could contest attest to that because we, we should have won the damn Super Bowl uh, against the Colts. The coast did not play well enough to Wow. <laughs> Ruben is wow. blasting everybody. He's blasting mm-hmm. the Bears quarterbacks, the yeah. 70s. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, NFL, so, he can win so, at any time. The only other game like that, Mario Kart. <laughs> so be careful about the Washington dead guys, you know, because they things can happen. They they got a coach. Uh, Ron Rivera knows McDermott. They've worked together. Um, and uh, Ron Rivera is a pretty savvy defensive coach, so he could be effective doing some things. Um, um, but I expect the Bills to win, you know what I mean? And I'm sure McDermott is stressing that factor to all the team week in and week out. Like, hey, we expect you to win, but the hell, just rolling your helmet out on the field and say, hey, we won X amount of games last year ain't going to cut it. You know, you're going to actually mm-hmm. get physical, get dirty, get bloody, you know, get tired and exhausted <laughs> in order to win the game. Go and battle yeah. with Chase Young, too. That's a battle. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. That's going yeah. to be interesting. You know, it's a yeah, lot of good got to be having Chase Young out there one-on-one. We'd be all right, right? <laughs> oh, you had to bring up the Bobby Hart name? <laughs> oh, Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Ruben. Bobby Hart. Uh, uh, Mookie, where you going with that? <laughs> Look at Next him. week. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. Oh, my he God. Cut. Cut. He's not even letting them get the scissors. Don't He's do giving it them the with a knife. <laughs> I, 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 I pulled this out of my maniac playbook right here. I pulled this out of my maniac. <laughs> what do you know about my friend that I don't? There's nothing. <laughs> do it. Don't do it this week, Bobby Hart. All right. Oh, man, well, guys, this has been an absolute blast. We're coming up. We're past the hour mark now, and we're going to go much past that. But you know what? This is. I hope that this this group of eight people are we're all back together at some point in the regular season postseason maybe um honestly obviously have to thank all my guys at train sports kevin meerkat maniac del reed of course 26 shirts bills mafia founder robin mundy editor-in-chief buffalo fan base mookie hawkins 96.5 fm 1080 a.m Ruben Brown, man, your stories were absolutely awesome. electric, and I would mm-hmm. love to chat with you again before the season's over. Um, you know, appreciate well, that. Thank you so Ruben. much. Ruben is going to be on the fan base network. You know, he's going to do post game every Sunday, and he's going to be on on Thursdays as well. So, you know, we got that great lineup, you know, coming Ooh. real soon, man. And uh, this oh, is the announcement. Nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Time, so you're, Ruben, you're Ruben and Robin You'll get mm-hmm. to interact more with me, and I'd love to get with all of you guys again, too. It, it's been a blast. Appreciate that, man. The kind words mean a lot. Uh, and, of course, this is the end of the first edition of the Folding Roundtable. We'll be back next 
Thursday, same time, 8 p.m. on all Trainwreck Sports channels and Buffalo Fan Page channels as well. <laughs> Bobby Hart, however, may not be with us, <laughs> according to Mookie. <laughs> Mookie, you could, you giving him a dog knife to cut him with. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> the <laughs> intro didn't work at the beginning, so we're going to use it as an outro instead. Hopefully it works this time. If not, I'll just get embarrassed maybe three times during the show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Trainwreck Sports and the Fan Base. Good night now. It's still preseason. Wait, we can afford to have mishaps, yeah. okay? Buffalo, stand up. It's the mafia. <laughs> uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Yo. Uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Yo, we got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close.